Welcome to Westworld FM, a podcast about HBO's Westworld. My name is Alex. And my name is Nick. Today we will be discussing the season finale of season one of Westworld titled The Bicameral Mind. And obviously there's no next time on preview, so we don't even have to not discuss it for you guys. Uh, But we will be spoiling everything through episode 10 of the series, so please pause and go catch up if you're not current on the show. You can find more of our episodes on Westworld.fm. We're also Westworld FM on Twitter, and you can send feedback to WestworldFM at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. Next week, we are planning on doing a season wrap-up show. I've got a few things, few uh, irons in the fire for that one in terms of what we're going to be doing, but we would like to talk with you guys about it, too. So if you want to send us any feedback, um, any questions that you still have, that kind of stuff, please do that, and we will definitely talk about it next week. So um, one other thing, I did interview Kate Renee Gleason, who plays the surveillance tech in episodes four, six, and eight of this season of Westworld. So uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, go back and check it out. It's pretty sweet. I posted it yesterday before the finale, and I even asked her a question that will, or <laughs> I... I Put some hope out there that she would eventually get a scene with Anthony Hopkins, but that seems unlikely now. However, we can talk about that in a little bit. So, uh, yeah, please go check that out. Uh, I think it it was a lot of fun, and it was fantastic talking to her. And uh, hopefully she gets to be in more Westworld, and hopefully we get to talk to her about that again. So, Agreed on both counts. Yes. Uh, So, last week I lied and said we didn't have any iTunes reviews. We actually had two of them at the time. Jay Shep 001 says this podcast is one of the best out there in Westworld. Happy it exists to fill the dead space between Sundays. Thank you, Jay Shep. Um, Tree PDR says consistently engaging. Engaging. This is one of three. Uh, this is one of three Westworld podcasts I listen to, and it always adds something new to what I've already heard and have thought of myself. These guys epitomize what I like about good podcasting: knowledgeable, humorous, and good-natured. Also, check out their Preacher Cast. Thank you, Tree PDR. Yeah, what a what a lovely review. That was a fantastic review. That's what we seek to do in our recap podcast. So thank you very much. I'm glad we are succeeding at that for you. Uh, Ryan Spatz nine says, "Excellent, great job helping us keep up." You're quite welcome, Ryan. And uh, we've got Tutoring Ace, friend of the Midwest Film Nerds podcast. He says the Midwest Podcast Network amazes me. Uh, these guys, uh, this now makes five great shows. This group of fellas, one of their, and one of their wives and a wiener dog put on T- a great show. Tons of fun. Westworld needs explaining. And I feel like these guys do it really well. Uh, that's Jason who we have an email from later. So thank you, Jason. And then Phil Totola here says, great find. I'm totally hooked on Westworld and this show is a great supplement to every episode. There's a great mix of recap theory and discussion and the chemistry between the hosts keeps each podcast fun and interesting. Keep them coming guys. We will, just for you, Phil. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, so thank you guys for the iTunes reviews, but uh, reviews and ratings on iTunes make us more visible to other people, to people that don't listen to us yet. So please go do that. Even in the off-season, uh, we need all the help we can get to be even bigger than we currently are. So yep, thank you guys for rating and reviewing us. Uh, so last week we had no feedback so now we have a lot of feedback we called them out we did we called you guys out on it and you guys definitely showed up which is fantastic <laughs> uh fred says hey guys what's up with there being no questions from your listeners the last podcast i've done my part to help remedy that he's got a few theories here 
uh, so we can debunk them live, essentially. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Man in Black, he mentions that the maze has come full circle in relation to Escalante being the town at the center of the maze. Does that mean that this is where he had his first awakening to his true na- nature and became the Man in Black? Maybe this is where William evolved. I think this episode shows that that's not true. It happens after he visits Escalante. It's kind of the point where yeah, those cogs are turning, but that's not exactly... I think he just talks about it coming full circle as it takes him back to where he came when he first visited the park. I think Escalante is kind of the beginning of his loop, so to speak, because yeah. up until up until they get there, it's it's always him and like a, a merry band of friends. And at I think Escalante is where the first time it's just him and Dolores like striking out on their own, because that's where they part ways with. Um, uh, El Lazo. El Lazo, yeah. yeah. I almost called him uh, Clifton. Clifton, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Clifton Collins Jr. Isn't that where they? Isn't that where they first start together? Though they well, they themselves? start they start uh, heading there. Yeah. Okay. So like they they kind of they're on their way to Escalante when they leave El Lazo. Gotcha. So yeah, that that makes sense. It's kind of their, you know, their that's that's their first foray off of her loop, pretty much. Kind of. I don't know. It's also a previous loop. This show's confusing, but. <laughs> Uh, Dolores, by the way, what was up with all those bodies in the lab underneath the church? Could Dolores be remembering the aftermath of her rampage where she killed the host and Arnold? Uh, we know that there was an incident 30 years ago, but not what exactly could the incident be a reference to her losing control and murdering? And to add another layer to that, what if she murdered Arnold on the, on the orders of Dr. Ford? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, you are half right and half wrong Mm -hmm. as we learned in the series finale. Uh, Teddy is Wyatt. Could it be that Teddy... No, no, Teddy's not Wyatt. We mm. know that now. Nope. I'm not even going to read that one, but thank you for writing it. Dr. Ford uh, really did care for Arnold, I think. Why else would he bring him back? There seems to be something sentimental there. He could have created any host to help him with the park, but he wanted a host in the likeness of his friend. With that being said, has he put Dolores in such a brutal, brutal storyline where she watches her family murdered, is used for sexual assault bait, and for brutal hosts and guests... And has an unfulfilled love with Teddy, who is forced to continuously watch her brutalized within her storyline, because she, he she was responsible for his friend's death. In a way, yes. Yeah, we kind of said we were kind of on that trail a couple episodes back. A little bit, kind but of the theory. But with the revelations about Ford in this episode, he has realized that suffering is what makes the hosts gain consciousness right so putting her in that loop to have those things to remember those are all the scenes that we see her flash back in are the Mm -hmm. ones where people are getting hurt in front of her she's getting hurt that kind of thing all those memories allow her to become become or gain consciousness i think he has a very complicated relationship with doris or dolores uh whoever doris is also (laughs) you know that's the second time because you have a friend named doris yeah yeah because we brought that up in the past anyway I think it's kind of a combination of both. He does yeah. he does want her to achieve that that consciousness to reach the end of the maze, but I think it's it's also because when she says, you know, I always come back to that line, "Are we very old friends?" And he says, "No, I wouldn't say that at all." Like there's there's definitely some some hatred, I would say, but also woven in with with kind of appreciation, sort of in the way that she has kind of become their finest creation. Well, and the way that I kind of see that scene now after this episode, I kind of see Ford. Ford saying that they're not friends makes me think that he realizes that she is essentially their superior. 
Like she is, she symbolizes this, not only symbolizes, but actually embodies the successor to humans. Yeah, they are the, you know, as was said many times by many different characters throughout the show that they are the, they are the people that are yet to come. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think again, and it's one of those, it's one of those, it's complex, you know, it's a complex line. Like no one's, no one's love to do that. Lines with two, three meanings sometimes. Yep. Absolutely. Like the well-tempered clavier. Yeah. And there are really no simple relationships in this show anyway, no. but I think that one is one of the most interesting, one of the most complex. And as we know, it, it comes to incredible finale. In oh this yeah. Episode. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Fred goes on to say Maeve oh my god I'm so over her storyline sorry but I'm ready for her to go into cold storage if Dr. <laughs> Ford truly has a backdoor code into all the hosts then he should be able to shut her down rebel- shut down her rebellion very easily or is there a reason that he's letting it unfold would you think that he must know about it considering uh, nothing, seems, nothing seems to go on without his knowledge that's it looking forward to the next podcast uh, yeah Ford yeah. absolutely knew what was and going on and we kind on. of we kind of were we we had the idea that he was he probably knew yeah and either didn't know how to stop it or was letting it unfold because we realized throughout the series that ford's pretty omnipotent in the yeah. park like he kind of knows everything that's yeah. happening so absolutely um and then fred did write back he's he wrote back two more emails he's got one here uh he wanted to know what was up with logan wearing the hand of the king pen on his jacket it's very similar to Game of Thrones after he became like the Confederado general. Oh yeah, I, I did see that on Reddit. So that just a cute little, cute little nod there. Um, but he does have this theory about uh, Arnold and his death. Um, basically, about uh, he he does theorize here at the end. He says maybe the hosts that Ford is printing in his basement are tests to see if he can create a host without the Arnold code. Hmm. That's doesn't seem true. No, I don't think it, it would matter. And just to just to note, supposedly Lisa Joy came out and said that that was just for creepy ambiance. Uh, one of the yeah, and no, Jonathan said that he said it was just a prop. Yeah, but I don't think that's true. I mean that that may be true, but it's their own little. They can make that be yeah. whoever they want to in well, season two if they decide to. But the thing that um, they gave themselves kind of an option there. The to thing c- to come back. Yeah, to. absolutely. Like it could be they could kind of retcon it into something if they want to. Definitely. Uh, one thing that I will note is that Joanna Robinson once again had a good interview with Jimmy Simpson uh, that she put out last night after the episode aired. And he stated like he figured out that he was the man in black very early on in the season because somebody in the makeup chair asked if they could pluck some eyebrows out for him. So like they could thin out his eyebrows. He's like, why would they do that? Unless they're trying to make me look like somebody else. Sure. And he, he would, he put it all together and then he went to Lisa joy and was like, am I the man in black? And she was like, you need to not tell anybody anything. <laughs> so then he like went back to her and was like, what do I, I can't, how do I talk about that? Like you, HBO wants us tweeting, live tweeting the episodes. How am I supposed to do that? Like if I comment on things, the man in black does, are people going to take that as confirmation? And she was like, you don't need to do anything different than what you're doing, but do not lie to anybody. Just, you know, either omit the omit the truth. Yeah. So so part of me wants to believe that Lisa Joy wouldn't lie about that host being nothing in Ford's basement. But as you said, they could very easily decide later on to be like, well, I let's think right put that now it's use. nothing. Yeah. But 
it has to be something. He's not just making them for yeah. shits and giggles in that's, his secret. And that's something that I think the Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul team have done really well with doing, particularly on Better Call Saul, is finding the holes and gaps in Breaking Bad that they can fill. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was somebody charting out all of the loose threads or open items in season one of Westworld for them to be able to take advantage of later on. Definitely. So, uh, Fred, thank you very much for writing into us. Lots of quality emails here. Uh, yeah, thanks, Fred. He, do, he does have some complaints here about the uh, finale. Maybe we can read that after we go through um, our recap. Uh, my buddy Christo did write in. He's uh, a, a friend of mine from middle school. He said earlier this year, I tried to explain, or I decided to expand my horizons on listening entertainment. And I started listening to various different podcasts. I now listen to eight podcasts on a fairly regular basis, and I can easily say that the Midwest Film Nerds and Westworld FM are two of my favorites. Uh, and then uh, let's see. He says, uh, I will admit I do listen to one other guy's podcast for Westworld. For the sake of anonymity, we'll call him Chavid Den. Uh, I don't find it to be nearly as entertaining as you guys are. There's something about hearing genuine laughter during a broadcast that makes it so much better. It's kind of like when the cast of SNL can't help but laugh uh, during their funnier sketches. It creates a feeling that the audience is part of the show. <laughs> and the comedy aspects and the chemistry you guys share on the Westworld FM is one of the things that made Midwest Film Nerds so great. Uh, so thank you, Christo. Very kind words. He says, Alex brought up something this week that I have thought about before, which is how much different an experience it would be for someone who did not listen to podcasts, Reddit, etc., to watch Westworld. To hear you guys elaborate on theories and ideas helps me work out the more confusing aspects of the show. I don't think I'd be nearly as invested in the show if I wasn't able to hear the discussion on seemingly infinite number of questions the show has to offer. I hope after waiting a year for season two, you guys will still be up to the task of dissecting what is shaping up to be one of the best TV shows of all time. Keep up the good work. P.S. Alex, you are wrong. Pain and gain is awesome. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Thanks, Christo. Uh, Very kind words. And uh, I wouldn't say pain and gain is awesome, but I I got some enjoyment out of it. I I thought I thought had some awesome moments for sure. But there's a whole episode all about that yeah, from everybody, like three years ago, right? That, <laughs> yeah. Is that 2013 or 14? Probably 14. I, I, I think it's 13. It might be. I yeah. think it's 13 because 13 was the first full year that we did on Film Nerds. I feel like we haven't been angry at each other in at least three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably true. So that's probably that's that. probably that. Uh, so no, thank that, you very much. Yeah, that's very nice. Thanks. I, it's always nice to hear... Uh, when your podcast gets compared to far more successful ones and, and <laughs> yeah. it comes out better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we have, you know, like we're knocking on 51 Twitter followers right now, I think. So yeah, that's watch out. Yeah, we're coming halfway up. to 100. We got it. We're going. We're going. Uh, Jason Kimmel did write in. Uh, he did have a little comparison here. I'm not going to go quite into it. Uh, but if you guys out there listening have not seen Preacher Season 1, it's a fantastic show. He yes. draws a lot of similarities between Preacher Season 1 and Westworld Season 1 in terms of it being like a prequel, essentially, or kind of a primer to set things in motion for mm. the rest of the show, uh, which is very interesting. And I hope we can talk about that a little bit more next week when we go over the season as a whole and yeah. and look at it uh, with a little bit more of a, a general eye. Uh, Jameson wrote in, Definitely go watch Preacher and listen to our show. Yeah. Yeah. I Same think, thing. Yeah. Knowledgeable. Yep. Humorous. There's good rapport. Natured. There's there's laughs. There's a lot more swearing. There's there's a lot more swearing. Uh which is kind of surprising. But maybe not a lot more. There's more swearing. Yeah. Yeah. 
But anyway, it's uh, Preacher's awesome. People should be watching it. It if is they great. Aren't. I'm very excited for. It's nice. We'll kind of have this like ping pong back and forth of like another season of Preacher, another season of Westworld. Yep. It's just gonna kind of keep. Yeah. Absolutely. Keeping on. Uh, Jameson wrote in. He said, "So I learned a new term last week." completionist this term is in reference to those who are committed to finishing video games all the way through for example 120 stars in mario 64 as opposed to hobbyists or casuals the filthy casuals that's that's my addition right there yeah uh in westworld william is our completionist for me the idea lends a lot of credibility to his character and motives over such a long period anytime uh, i feel 30 years is a ridiculous amount of time for such a commitment i remember that my n64 still sits in a box with super mario 64 and a saved file of 118 stars obtained one day maybe 30 years from now i intend to finish that game oh man what an awesome awesome story that's great (laughs) Uh, i really love the idea of full circle shows and films that create mysterious threads and near perfectly close all the loops at the end film noir as a genre tends to do this very well uh, Arrival is a great modern example of this type of story where Lost perhaps demonstrates how easily this type of storytelling can go wrong. Uh, Westworld Season 1 is a full circle to me. Sure, we have some minor confusions about the whereabouts of Logan and Elsie, but it is otherwise intrinsically resolved as a season. The themes of the show are profound, and the finale had everything that I had hoped for, so I find myself in the surprising state of not really having a lot of questions or care to theorize because it all made sense to me. It all comes together. The world is larger, Larger. the ideas are intimate. Despite the chaos in the finale, I feel rather at peace and satisfied. Now the show where go, now where the show goes from here is exhilarating because, as Felix says, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, Jameson. Yeah, I think we mostly agree. We'll talk about that uh, later this episode, I think, but... Uh, yeah we both enjoyed it quite a bit <laughs> and feel like it was pretty successful yeah it was it was very satisfying yeah uh and then just a few other things really quick um i think we'll save some of the other feedback that i have for next week uh but quinn did write in wondering exactly uh he quinn wrote in saying maybe some reddit uh covered this but Stubbs has now been attacked twice by hosts doesn't mean doesn't that mean he's likely a host and I wrote back saying, we've seen Teddy shoot at the man in black. William also got shot at. Logan got beaten. Host can seemingly harm but not kill. Uh, and then Quinn said, only as part of a scenario, not as an unscripted violence against a human. And I said, well, technically Clementine was scripted too because it was forged by Cullen and Hale. But un, un or unscripted, unscripted or scripted doesn't seem to matter. Um, but personally, I'm a little dissatisfied with how they've handled whether or not hosts can hurt humans. Um that's what I said. And he said, agreed. I like uh, the near hanging of the man in black. And I said, exactly. Um, but I did enjoy people saying that the tree was a host. <laughs> did you read about that? <laughs> no. People people were trying to suss out who in that situation would prevent the man in black from, <laughs> tree. from dying. And some people were like, well, a horse wouldn't uh, actually run away. But then it's like, well, well then what is it doing? And then people were like, well, the tree can break on command if, uh, <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> if the man in black was going to die. I hope that all the, all the flora, flora. <laughs> are hosts. <laughs> yep. Every bush just gets up and moves wherever <laughs> it's needed to. Yeah, a bush crawls underneath his feet to, to kind of lift them up, up yeah. a little And they bit. just pile up like <laughs> thousands of bushes enough to keep them alive. Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's so, really funny. Uh, I did get a bunch of other <laughs> feedback, uh, but I'm going to save that for next week. Um, so, yeah. Oh, man. No, see, uh, old Bill shows up whenever you're in mortal danger. 
Oh, that's his role. Beautiful. Jetpack. He he's fl- he he's the mysterious in. stranger. In exactly. <laughs> yep. When you need him most in a pinch. Beautiful. He'll roll through. Beautiful. Tell you some story and then bail. Yeah. All right. So let's get on with the episode recap. We open with uh, Arnold constructing Dolores. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice little scene here. We get a beautiful wide shot of the special effect of a mechanical body mm-hmm. on Evan Rachel Wood's frame, essentially. Uh, what did you think about that? It was cool. It was very graceful. It yeah. was very fluid, and it I really liked the way it moved. I guess I liked the way she moved. Yeah. I guess was she gets credit, I suppose. But it like it was just animated in a way that felt it felt very fluid and not um, robotic. You get a glimpse of the elegance that the man in black talked about yes. in terms of all the million little pieces. Mm-hmm. Like that creation that lays on that table is like infinitely complex but kind of insanely enticing and you're very curious about it and wondering how it works mm-hmm. which is awesome whereas with like the human body or the human the organic type guys you'd be like whatever i have one of those yeah <laughs> so yeah i thought that was really cool um we get to see dolores kind of getting closer to the maze she's shaving the man in black and sees and remembers arnold heading into the church uh, and then we cut back to William finding an army to help find Dolores. And it's Lawrence's army, of course. Always good to see Clifton Collins Jr. Um, yeah, not too much to talk about there. But then Teddy is back in Sweetwater. He gets off the train and remembers seeing Dolores nodding in a sea of bodies at Sweetwater. Mm-hmm. Um and people have noted that there's a wolf in the shot walking by. I don't know if you have any thoughts on the wolf. I haven't been able to put anything together on it yet. No, I read, I did read something earlier that was pretty interesting, and I, I did not write down exactly what they were talking about. But they were saying something about a. Uh, there's some term called like a wolf's call. Yeah, in when you're playing in like an acoustic instrument, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they and it, I forgot exactly the definition of it when it occurs, but people pointed out that that may again tying the host into that theme of we do hear a wolf's call later that i i, I noted yep. it it's it's when the i uh, guess it happens another point in this in the series as well earlier maybe we'll have to go through and, yeah. and track that and we um, see the wolf in one of the early episodes right in like a similar sequence of somebody looking yeah, at a, a bunch of bodies and a wolf I again think, runs I think through Dolores it. remembers uh-huh. that massacre in Sweetwater at some point and yep. sees the wolf too mm-hmm. so uh, we'll have to, yeah, some kind of symbolism there. We're we have work ahead of to us. Figure still. it out. Yeah, yeah. We're not done. Our no, work here is not done. It is not done. Um, and one other thing that I noted while while Teddy was kind of remembering this uh, the sea of bodies, the it's the second time, or maybe one of several times, that we hear the player piano playing the main theme but it slows down and starts getting all like minor chordy kind of distorts yeah and which is kind of like the showing of hosts remembering things and potentially Mm -hmm. leading towards like progressing in the maze and becoming more conscious which i thought was cool uh but teddy eventually bucks his loop to go and help dolores or find dolores um because he remembers her after wasting the big guy yeah, which was great. Always great. Love watching that dude get that, lit up. That yeah, like that shot from him and this time just stood out for, to me for some reason. Just how immediate 
like his reaction after getting out of that dream just or boss haze, mode teddy yeah he yeah. immediately he ain't playing yeah he's out of zoolander mode he's he's gunning yeah uh so then uh dolores leads the man in black to the maze and shows him that it's a little toy that's actually in her grave um it turns out that the and then we see a little bit of arnold explaining it to dolores the maze is a metaphor for consciousness Instead of the pyramid, it's the maze because a series of choices either bring you inward towards understanding or take you outward towards insanity. Uh, the center of the maze is when hosts actually hear their own voice instead of Arnold or Ford or anybody else talking. Yep. Um, and Arnold wanted to prevent the opening of the park because the host could potentially be alive. And Dolores would be free if she found the center of the maze because Robert wouldn't want to open the park. So that was a nice little scene that kind of took a lot of language and revealed the true meaning to us i think um i don't know that it like necessarily answered anybody's questions directly but for me it kind of felt like a lot of the dialogue and questions that we were having gets explained there yeah and it, and it kind of confirms a lot of what we were thinking too yeah that, i mean i think it was a long time ago that we decided the maze was probably not a physical construct or a place but more of a, a symbol yeah we knew it for sure with when when we saw that like the man in black talked about glimpsing the maze with with right and then we talked the little girl continually telling him that it's not meant for him yep that's yeah. that's the thing it's going to come up more and more the, the, the further into this episode we get but all of the answers were right there yeah everything has been apparent for a long time and either we were looking too far past it for something more complex or we didn't take note of it because we were paying attention to something else yeah. Which I think is amazing. It's fantastic. This whole the whole finale, every single thing that happened did not surprise me at all. Nothing was a shock, and I'm totally cool with it. And it was all awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was it, because it was well executed, yes. and it, and it was a it was a brilliant idea, and we were just watching the formula complete and and see the 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 answer, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, and but we all we all kind of knew most of what happened, which mm-hmm. is really cool, and I don't think I don't think it's because we're necessarily so brilliant or anything yeah. like that i mean a little bit but <laughs> some things we were pretty good about <laughs> but i think it's just it it's it's a testament to how how good the show can be that they can just lay it all out there for you for the most part and you you won't you won't really question maybe you will question what you're seeing when you shouldn't it's really fun like the show yeah. did a great job of making you look left when you should be looking right and vice versa which is why like we're we're getting a lot of think pieces right now because reddit and joanna robinson and many of the people were able to put out there these ideas that eventually became true in this show there's a lot of think pieces coming out being like the internet's ruining tv watching and that kind of thing but to me knowing these things or trying to see if they're happening in the show did not ruin the show for me at all because of the quality of it. And that, that is the greatest tightrope walk I think I've ever seen because you know, you would, if, if we were doing a a show to this degree on another mystery show, say lost or something like that, uh, we would probably, we would be sacrificing the enjoyment of the story and the fiction in order to put out our own show, our own product, so to speak. And I don't think that happened at all with this show. Yeah. 
granted, we, we were spending more time researching and reading and, and throwing ideas around and, and looking further into it than simply tuning in. But because the show is based around a game and has so many parallels to video games, it feels like that's kind of what you're supposed to do is talk about it and try to figure it out. Like you're yeah. you're in you do have more information than, than all the characters. But at the same time, you're still kind of along for the ride with most of them. Yeah. And they, I'm sure, have their own theories, too. Totally. Some of which come true and some of which don't. <laughs> Um, and, and one of the thing that I wanted to say is that I think if your TV show boils down to just being a big twist, it's probably not a good TV show, you know? Yeah. Or if, if your show boils down to just like kill of the week or whatever sort of shock factor you can work into it, then it's definitely not a good show. Yeah. Like if you, if you've created a show that makes people ask so many questions and want to know the actually want to know the answers and then still be happy when the answer proves to be true like it, it rewards it feels rewarding to yeah. be right about some of the stuff i guess yeah which yeah. is great another show i might not feel so good about it i'd be like oh man i totally blew it yeah <laughs> ruined all that for myself yeah absolutely um any other thoughts here? So just a little bit. It, we, there's there's a lot to dive through here. And if you guys might have noticed, I'm doing this chronologically because I think this episode would be too difficult to break out into different um, the different characters and storylines because they're all pretty intertwined here at the end of the show, uh, at the end of the season, rather. Um, around around this this time in the in the show, um, hey, my notes are going to line up for once, which is cool. <laughs> I, I kind of wrote that I still was not necessarily wild about the Arnold revelation yeah. that Bernard and Arnold were kind of, they're not one and the same, but they're effectively the same person. Uh, something about that is still, it's very, very cool, but that's one of the only things that feels a little underwhelming to me because we're just seeing more Jeffrey Wright, which is fine because he's great, yeah. but it feels like Arnold was built up to be such the, this like very different presence and they're pretty much the same when they're on screen. Like his performance as Arnold is not terribly different than that of Bernard. I think there's more difference there than we realize. And I think part of that would come with a second viewing and you paying attention to knowing where Arnold is and where Bernard is. Like I think, and I kind of noticed in this episode that I feel like the Bernard character is a lot more calculating and and i guess i would say he feels a bit colder than than arnold does i would say me. he doesn't get as he's not as enthusiastic yeah maybe but even then arnold's enthusiasm is pretty tempered like there there's just not much of a variance between yeah, them that's fair. there's shades of difference here and there but i mean even when ford is instructing bernard on how to be arnold he's telling him how he would clean his glasses yeah. so clearly the intention was to basically recreate his best friend yeah and while that's really cool thematically and good for the story, I think I I would be more interested in the Arnold character were he either played differently or a different person altogether. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is tough because I don't want it to be different because it's so good as it is. And, yeah. it, and, it, and it's it makes Ford's story so profound. Absolutely. But even, even Arnold's uh, death scene, I was just kind of like, you know what I mean? It didn't strike yeah. me like I felt like it should have. And maybe it's because we we talked about that a long time ago, St. Dolores. We knew Dolores killed him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It didn't hit me the way I wanted it to. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So that's only one thing, Yeah, I guess. 
Um, so then the man in black obviously gets very dissatisfied with the fact that he still doesn't understand what the maze is, even though Dolores kind of figures it out, or we see, we can put together what it oh, is. Oh, the man in black is totally the Greyhound in this moment. Oh, yeah. Totally. He's <laughs> that guy. He won 100% of the game. Yep. And doesn't know what to do now. Yep. He he feverishly chased after the last little bit. Yeah, he just wants to know why it is. I mean, he's the <laughs> only guy in this game I don't know about. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he starts beating Dolores, and he sees the park. There, there's a note where he talks about he sees the park as real, except for the fact that there's no stakes. He felt like the park was more real than the world outside, but instead it's just another game. And uh, But Dolores explains that she won't be swayed to his dark side because she has one true love who's William. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we cut back to Lawrence and William finding a military camp that knows where Dolores is. Uh, very quick cuts here on this episode. Size, uh, there, there's a beautiful little note there uh, when Lawrence and William's like, will you help me with this? And Lawrence is like, well, since you asked me so nicely. And then Logan's like, what does Logan say? Do you remember? He says something like, "Oh, blood brothers or yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, uh, I thought that was a funny moment just because Logan's like, of course he's going to help you because that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. But, um, we see Sizemore realizing Ford is going to be booted out when he's talking with Charlotte Hale and the entire board of directors arrives at the park. Um, and Sizemore would seemingly get full control as long as he gets out of the park, gets uh, gets all the info out of the park and makes it all simpler. So I think that's important to realize that the board wants things to be simple. Mm-hmm. And that isn't what they see Ford doing. No. So that motivation, I think, is important to understand. And, um, that, and that's kind of what we were saying before as well, that they, they want to churn out the blockbuster hit yep. and they yeah. don't want to make the... The artful they want the market tested Hector. Yes, out there, sexing the women's, <laughs> <laughs> getting shot by the dudes, or sexing the dudes, or sexing the dude, which uh, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, sexing the people. Yes, sexing, sexing all of the people. Um, <laughs> we get a great sequence of seeing. So, some people were kind of theorizing what was the point of Maeve burning the tent last week, and it turns out that. That was enough to destroy their bodies because we see Maeve get rebuilt mm-hmm. um, because they needed to make sure she was rebuilt without the explosives in her um, spine. Oh, yeah. That's what Sylvester was doing. Yes. That's why he was putting putting that spine back together. Got and it. We kind of follow it through and it looks a lot like Tandy Newton. And I, I didn't really put all that together until the second time I watched the episode. Nope, I was like, really oh, good. that's what's going on yep. right now. But that was a sweet little uh, sequence there. So that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, we could see Hale telling Ford that he's going to be out. We get some great Anthony Hopkins chewing going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which that video that you sent has kind of ruined acting for me because I'm like looking for that kind of stuff on Tessa Thompson's face and, and it's not there. and it's not there no like Anthony how ha- it isn't it, ruined acting it's just no it's, it's kind of ru- pointed out bad acting. well exactly it's it's ruined <laughs> it's ruined okay performances to me because now they're no longer okay with how great Anthony Hopkins is so if you guys don't know what I'm talking about go a couple episodes back on the show notes on Westworld FM there's a video that you sent us about uh, the acting 
of Anthony Hopkins in this series. Yoop. And happy belated birthday. Well, happy birthday again, Yoop. Yes. Happy birthday. We are November birthday pals. <laughs> only good. only a couple days apart, I think. Is he two, after two, you? Two or, or three days you? apart, yeah. He's That's after. awesome. Very cool. Happy birthday, Yoop. The old man. Um, I, I bolded here. The piano player's name is Frank in Ford's office. Good. It's going to be important late. I know it's not. Probably not. He was building another Frank in his office. Yeah. His that, that's what that's the host that he was. He's like Frank to play the yeah, upright Frank's, bass. Yeah. I need a new Frank here. Beans. Um, so then Armistice and Hector, Hector start killing humans here. Uh, Destin being a creep. <clears throat> Super creep. It's like a very gross creep. And there's a great thread about this on Reddit about people that are like, in what workplace are you going to go and yank it next to your coworker in a glass room? (laughs) This is the least believable part of this finale where robots start murdering humans that created them. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Like I, this is the one thing that I wouldn't like. It, 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 it. This bothers me here. Like, why would he do that? Why would he think that he wouldn't get caught? Or why is that okay? I, I don't know. I, again, it's I really think that weird. the hierarchy of the show. These guys are the dudes working the graveyard shift. Graveyard, yeah. like unsupervised. 80th sub block that no one goes down to yeah they are the and i think in the security footage that we see later of the dude getting thrown through the glass Mm -hmm. that corner is out of the view of the camera but it's still kind of like there could be people walking through the hallway (laughs) i don't know it was just really weird it it was weird it didn't strike me as it seemed like it was there to be gross and maybe for no other reason other than to maybe get a good kill from Hector, pretty pretty good kill. It was Solid great. Kill. Yeah, saw through the through the chest. It's it like a chest burster, pretty much. But yeah, so they start killing people. Uh, the shots, the close up shots of Armistice's mouth with the fingers going in them, just like I just. Ugh. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, that was that was very difficult to watch. And then uh, uh, Sylvester reveals to Maeve that her program somebody pro the person programmed her to be able to wake herself up which is important yes um and then we see teddy grab a horse to head to escalante and then finally again boss mode yeah shoots a guy takes his horse oh yeah hops off the train shoots a guy Mm -hmm. grabs a horse continues he's he's doing in like assassin's creed where you hold r1 and x and you're just like running towards things and it's all happening anyway you know (laughs) (laughs) i've only played the first assassin's creed and i played like three things and i was like i'm good yeah got it yeah and i was so stoked for that franchise (laughs) like before that first game came out oh my god was i excited yeah yeah and i've never played a single other one that's okay and i do no i i hear that i hear that two is pretty awesome two is okay and that that character's story those are all good entries yeah yeah but uh, actually I think the the only one that I've been able to complete was Black Flag, which is four. I have that one on two different consoles. It's pretty. Anyway, haven't played it yet. <laughs> go listen to Midwest Game Nerds podcast uh, and and hear us talk about video games sometimes. Um. So this is the big reveal here. This is where the Man in Black reveals that he's William. There's a lot of exposition here. I'm I'm not. I I mostly want to try and go off of our interesting notes here in terms of what actually happened. Or what we really need to talk about. Because we did see this coming as you said. Um, 
Did you like the reveal? Did you like the way that it unfolds? Yeah, because we get a lot of exposition from Ed uh, Harris. Yeah, and it was all it, it was all very it was all very well done. Yeah. Ed Harris is fantastic. <clears throat> I I really love listening to a character talk and watching stuff like this unfold. Again, it's very it's very Nolan. Yeah, to do that. Uh, and it it is vo- I guess it's technically voiceover, but knowing that there is a character speaking to another character, and we're just watching the events, I thought I thought that was all just really well done. I had a yeah. lot of fun watching that montage of of William kind of scouring the land, and you know, so the Man in Black initially starts referring to the William As, in the third yeah. person, and I was like, oh shit, it is Logan, <laughs> and I got really excited because I was like, I wanted it to be, I wanted us to be really thrown off, yeah. And then as as it was progressing, I was kind of like, no, he's just he's referring to he's uh, he only refers to himself in the third person because Dolores calls. He's oh, she's like, because he's William is going to save to her. me. Yeah, he's yeah. just being an asshole. Yeah. He's just drawing it out yep. and letting her realize it instead of just telling her I'm William stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. He uh, I like how hard how amused he is by it. Like she this has not. This has not crossed her mind in 30 years. Yeah. So his reaction is really good. Yeah. I'm surprised it's not bigger. Yeah. And a lot of people were theor- were, were commenting saying that, you know, he, he still loves her. Or now, now that she is going to achieve what he always wanted her to, that he's going to fall in love with her again or something like that. And I was kind of like, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, I think that it's well beyond that. The ship kind of sailed... I think because he realized in in that time he talks about how he got he gets bored of her he got bored of her at one point, and I think it's because he realizes that he can he could get to points where she kind of recognized or like realized him a little bit, but she would always forget again. Yeah, and clearly in this moment she doesn't remember him. It would have been cool to see a little bit more of William's return visits repeatedly and him yes. getting older and like them being in love maybe for a minute, but then her not remembering him kind of get this like Sammy Jenkins like memento thing going again yeah. where eventually he will al- she will always forget him and that's a constant. Yep. Uh that would have been neat. And I, I think watching watching Jimmy Simpson age progressively into Ed Harris would have been cool, but yeah. the the just the the hat the yeah. hat shot would uh, was really cool as yeah. as it was done. So even him in the in the man in black get up with the vest and the shirt and the yeah, hat. and and in the last two or three episodes, his performance was definitely leaning Getting towards Ed Harris. Closer, yeah. yeah, just Absolutely. the way he was carrying himself, the way he was. Yeah, it was. Yep, it was good. Great job on on Jimmy Simpson for yeah. starting to emulate Ed Harris so well. Yeah, absolutely. That was a very cool sequence. It's definitely something that I want to. I do want to watch again. Mm-hmm. I think that listening to him talk about how William continued looking for her and all that was was sad. Yeah. And, uh, um. A few other things to talk about. Logan. What do you think happened with Logan? Like, I didn't... That's one other thing that I can't quite put the pieces together on yet. Uh, it, we we see the man in black, or will excuse me, William. We see... I can just call him William now, sure. I suppose. We old see Bill. William in the past. Old William. <laughs> yeah, old old Will. Uh, Billiam. <laughs> <laughs> we see him... Put a feather in naked Logan's hands as he's tied up on a horse, and then he hits the horse to go send him off somewhere. Essentially, yeah. Do Do you have any like thoughts on 
Like to me, it may like the the way that that scene plays. It's like Logan is suggesting that he realizes that he that that William is going to somehow discredit Logan and take the company from him. Uh-huh. But my question is like, how does that happen? Like, is it has has William like actually gone and murdered every single host in the park, and then he pins it on Logan, or like what? I think it's. It's going to be a combination of a couple things. Probably a lot of the dismemberment that they leave in their wake. And I think it from people who are around them in Sweetwater, because they, they seem to have been in the park for a while. They've yeah. been here for like weeks, feels like. Yeah. Uh, they they were in Sweetwater for a while. They would have crossed paths with other guests. I think that it was pretty well established that Logan was kind of a loose cannon and William was much more reserved. And I think that if he sends him off naked on a horse, he's going to get found at some point probably sun bleached to hell and <laughs> a little wacko yeah and i think william if he if he has always had this reputation his entire life up until westworld of being, being the put together clean. exactly he's gonna and he we know now how man- manipulative he is he can be yeah he's gonna just step back into his old role and say yeah logan kind of lost his mind out there but i do think you know i think that the park is worth investing in that kind of thing like he kind of lays it all out there and says he's gonna need somebody more stable you're you've always yeah. been erratic and that sort of thing i think that maybe mm, like and i i come i kind of keep coming back to like whatever made william's wife kill herself uh so somebody kind of mentioned like what like it seems like something has to happen in the park that like if if logan is still alive which i believe he was i don't think william killed him or anything like no, that no i or think if he, i think if william was going to kill him he would have killed him yeah. and, and left him somewhere yes or, you know hidden him but um it seemed like what would stop william from like going to his sister and being like you can't marry the psychopath you know logan yeah logan excuse me uh i think maybe a combination of again his reputation yeah and maybe just fear i mean i think he saw what william was capable of at this point and i think maybe they just kind of have an understanding of like that's interesting. Yeah. I to me I wish it was a little more explicit, maybe because I'm stupid or something. I don't know. Like no, it, I, I agree. It could we could have gotten a little bit we could have seen like an old an old Logan at the at the party at the end. Like he's so, still on the board, but he's like a minority holder. Like that something like that would have been cool. Somebody's saying he could pop up in a season two. Absolutely. Yeah. Which would be cool. And I'm down to see that. And maybe then they'll reveal a little bit more about what happened in that. Yeah, I mean there's to power. There's a lot there's a lot of territory to mine yeah between all the characters that we know already even ones that might be dead i mean we we yeah. will st- we could still see flashbacks yeah absolutely obviously there's a there's a rabbit hole there where <laughs> too much you know you yeah. to go down the the way of lost but you know it, there's the com- characters are compelling enough yeah uh we get a little bit uh the the one thing that i did write some direct uh quotation down here Dolores says to William, she starts crying and says, time undoes even the mightiest of creatures. Just look at what it's done to you. One day you will perish. You will lie with the rest of your kind in the dirt. Your dreams forgotten. Your horrors effaced. Your bones will turn to sand. And upon that sand, a new God will walk. One that will never die because this world doesn't belong to you or the people who came before. It belongs to someone who is yet to come. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Very good. Evan Rachel would turn it up to 11. Absolutely. Um, 
So then uh, the man in black ends up stabbing her after she beats the hell out of him, which is great. It was pretty cool. And uh, and Teddy shows up, <laughs> blasts the hell out of Ed Harris, which is great. And then uh, and then she wants to go to where the mountains meet the sand, which they talked about previously. Um, where the mountains meet the did she say where the mountains meet the sea? Did she say? Yeah, where the excuse me. The, the mountains meet the sea. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought that might be right, and I just misheard it. Nope. Nope. Um, so then we get Maeve reviving Bernard in cold storage. Um, not too much crazy going on in that scene, uh, except for what happens a little bit later, which we can just jump to now. I really liked that scene because, uh, it, it really cemented full on like host Bernard for me. Yeah. Like he has, he has passed into a different strata of character, which I think is cool. Like we, we're kind of seeing the dividing line here. We're seeing the the various factions, so to speak, like aligning themselves and watching Bernard fully kind of at this point, he has been reborn completely as a host. It feels like he no longer really has any ties to humanity. That's true. Yeah. And, and it's with that ability to remember everything that he's gone through. It's yes. Given him a different. And I wonder if, if Bernard is now technically conscious because of his sort of more insider knowledge that he has and how they work. And because he's also based on Arnold, he kind of has just feels like he's he's a little bit predisposed to becoming to solving the maze a little earlier. Yeah, it seems a little bit weird in that he's almost um, like a hybrid, like he's kind of an in between. Like if he has the I guess that's one thing that we need to understand is like, does he have the bicameral mind stuff in him? Is he able to receive those broadcasts or can hosts that don't have like can the new hosts become conscious without that quote-unquote system right right right. like right. i we we don't really know that as of yet that's true but it seems like because bernard thought he was real like i guess they all think they're real though i don't know that's it's a really tough discussion like well bernard thought he was human because he knew there was a difference he knew he knows there are hosts and humans yeah and the other hosts think they're real only insofar as they as far as they know there is only one type of person yeah yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Bernard, Bernard's kind of his own animal. A, yeah. Where he could, you know, in season two with, you know, Planet of the Apes, uh, Westworld. Yeah. He could Dawn almost... Dawn of the Planet of the Hosts. Yeah, he could almost fall into either camp. Yeah. Yeah. Because he has... I don't think he's going to have the same world... I think he and Dolores and Maeve are all going to have very different worldviews. And it's going to be kind of fun watching the three of them. Presumably, they're all going to link up and kind of be the leaders of this new kind of host nation yeah yeah at least i think so potentially and they're all going to be very different hopefully with uh with all lewis hertham there with and, oh yeah all of the host data in his head just as this crazy <laughs> yeah I, i'm hoping he's like schizo a, host yeah totally schizophrenic thing like with like just changing personalities uh, the whole time. great that uh, he, he can do it he yeah, did it in the first episode <laughs> yeah um yeah, so what we do learn out of that scene later on with Maeve and Bernard is that uh, Maeve has been programmed to break out. She's got things in there like mainland. Like there's very clear callouts in her code that are saying what she needs to do when she reaches the mainland and how she's supposed to escape and how she's supposed to gather people. Uh, that was pretty cool. That's a cool reveal anyway. That was one of our one of my holy shit moments. Yeah. Was the discovery that was when I texted you. Yep. So we were watching the episode three <laughs> minutes apart. I yeah. started at three. 
I actually I started at three minutes before Alex, and yep. I, and then I texted you at one point, and you told me what timestamp you were at, and how I checked. I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, and it was just <laughs> around the corner from you, and I was texting him like, oh god, and like stuff yeah. like that, just vague. Oh, and, and yeah, and yeah <laughs> I was doing that a lot. And then getting these replies back, it was really, really fun. And I said, just know that you're always three minutes away from something insane and <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. But and that moment, I, once once it was discovered that she was, again, a puppet. Yep. A well-tempered clavier. Yep. Yeah. I was like, oh, Alex is going to love this. Fantastic. It's it's a very, very cool moment. Um, I think I had a... Nope. Bernard had a good line. He said, how can you uh, learn from your mistakes if you can't remember them? Uh, Joanna Robinson liked that to the how can you heal if there is no if you can't perceive you can't time. time. Yeah. Yep. So totally a beautiful memento mirror there. The only note I have from that scene is, guys, old Bill is right there. <laughs> <laughs> Get him. Yeah. And I suppose I can say uh, our buddy Fred in his uh, in, in his later email that I'm going to read next week, he says, uh, where was old Bill? <laughs> right there they couldn't give me that one small piece of satisfaction in any of the flashbacks yeah flashbacks too let's see like brand new old bill just squeaky clean old bill yeah just yeah got wasted but then what was going on i don't know get him in there main player a- michael wincott next season let's let's please. make that hashtag please get it out there guys old bill's too cool the, i had a note earlier too that i said felix is fictional moron of the century because he's just so stupid. Yeah. Felix. Why? Felix is Felix is the toughest kind of buy-in for, for the show, I think. Other than Destin, to I, me. I, he, he's not written in such a way that I buy, at this point, scientific curiosity getting the better of him. Although, I will say, I made a little bit of a connection today in that he is very similar to William. The way that we see William fall in love with Dolores and realize that there's something there and that he needs to help her. Yeah. Like it's it, it I think it kind of defies logic in that sense and that's kind of what we're meant to think is that he Felix just kind of sees Maeve and realizes what she is and what she could be and is like yeah, I suppose, and, her, and maybe uh, that's what Sylvester was saying. By shouldn't they have caught this, this tendency in you earlier? This humanity, yeah. like shouldn't the screening have hired the uh, public masturbator over <laughs> the robot humanitarian? Yeah, yeah. Well, Those are probably the guys they want. They're like, well, this dude's literally <laughs> going to just sit here and jerk off in front of this perfect. <laughs> He's not going to help them with a rebellion. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying, and and maybe even has the moment with in the elevator where she's kind of like you you're a ta- you make a terrible human and i mean that in the best way is yeah what she says to him because her perception of humans is that they're all evil yep. and like slavers yep yeah i don't it's hard something with felix is not not quite there he's not a fully developed picture and yep. he it need he needed a little bit more work for me to understand what exactly is motivating him because he has no he has no lines he just stammers and and looks at his tablet and yeah. looks back and is like... <laughs> the, mo- the moment where he realizes Bernard is dead and then Maeve tells him that he's a host and he like doubts what he is for a moment. <laughs> for a second. Without a, saying that was a pretty good moment it was for funny. Felix. But yeah, yeah he just, you could, largely... Uh, you, you could cut together most of his scenes for the last four episodes and there's no lines. It's just yeah. him being like... Oh, 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 oh. 
looking incredulously yeah, at looking things. back and forth quickly from tablet <laughs> to them and just like in shock all the time maybe you can't do that but yes i can and then that's all <laughs> yeah i would think he would intercede at some point and be like listen you need to stop killing people like yeah. i understand and i want to help you but this isn't the way but yeah. instead he just rolls over it's know. there's he's got a lack of humanity in him in some ways and in other ways not like that's the weird part is that he he's got that arnold i care about the host more than i care about the humans but there's no reason for him to feel that way we're not presented with one anyway so i don't know that's all right felix is difficult uh we get a little chat between ford and william about the maze uh william thought the maze would allow hosts to kill if he got there and he's not necessarily wrong but he can't get there they had to get there uh but it was nice to see ford call him william yeah that was that was a nice little moment there um we get a few scenes of security realizing there's a discrepancy in cold storage they're looking for mave and they see the scene of of armistice throwing the dude through the glass which is cool and then the security room seals up what are those people gonna do they're just stuck in there. Yeah, I don't know. How do you get out? That reminded me a lot of 73 Westworld. Yeah. This is where we got the most, like, yeah. the movie. Yeah. With shit hitting the fan yeah. in the facility. Absolutely. I guess that's the thing is, like, uh, why why would Ford want them sealed off? And some people were like, well, they're kind of innocent standby people, you know, but it seems like he's unleashing the hosts on the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, well... Yeah, let's come back to that. Yeah. Um, Teddy and Dolores find the sea, and they also find themselves at the end of Ford's new narrative. That was great. Another mind-blowing moment. That was full-on, like, Bioshock-level, like, manipulation, getting yeah. them into that point. I, I loved that. Yeah, like, listening, uh, like, it, and it was funny watching the scene the second time around because you realize, like, I realize that it, t- Teddy starts playing to the stage a certain way through and the music at the same time the music goes from being non-diegetic to being diegetic and all of that was just a very cool moment to kind of pull the rug out from underneath you and be like they've been doing everything that they're supposed they're supposed to be doing that that scene right there is why you cast james marston because my note is romance novel cover teddy on the beach That's why you cast James Marsden yeah. in that moment. Because, like, frozen him and Evan Rachel Wood right there with, like, yep. backlit with the water and, like, a big wave crashed, right? It's like, the, it was the timing of the wave was hilarious. Like, it was so funny. I started laughing out loud because just this huge, like, sweeping. Uh, it's amazing. It reminded me of, like, a terrible, like, dime store, like, romance novel cover. Seriously, that's exactly what it was like. And it that's, made me laugh so hard. I that's was like, beautiful. People will absolutely would eat that up. <laughs> It was like an old, it felt very like, like it was something you'd see like Cary Grant or like, you know, Montgomery Clift in that kind of, yep. that kind of vibe. Absolutely. And uh, it was, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. That wave made me laugh so hard. <laughs> That's awesome. It was perfect. Uh, the narrative's called Journey Into Night. I don't know if there's a particularly interesting reading on that name other than maybe it's the twilight of humankind. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I took it as. Yeah. Which is cool, and even uh, Sizemore says like it's kind of morbid. Like, yeah, it's kind of or just say maudlin something. Like he that. he yeah. says it's morbid, and then she's like, "You can do whatever you want when you are in control of everything, but go get Abernathy out of here." Essentially, so yeah, happens. Abernathy has not yet hit the 
hit the train on out. Yeah, seemingly at that point, he was supposed to go recover him from cold oh, storage. Oh, because he went down there to find him. Yep. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's that, right. That, that was my understanding of, yep, of totally. how things happened. But then uh, Ford orders Dolores to the old field lab. Um, Maven, her crew, starts sprinting for the exit. Uh, Hector and Armistice get to discover automatic weapons, which is a fun scene. Yeah, so I liked that we, we essentially saw they've been training for this kind of slaughter their entire yeah. loop. Yeah. We we saw them dismantle. They're you and Gojo playing Destiny, essentially. <laughs> is, playing anything. Yeah, playing playing video games together. Yeah, exactly. And we've been watching them dismantle Sweetwater repeatedly. And this was the exact same thing, yep. just in the real world. And the, I, I thought it was that was really, yeah. really cool. The well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, they stumble into Shogun or Samurai World. Yeah, my note, <laughs> my note just says Alex World. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome! <laughs> I want to go so bad. I know. As soon as I saw those guys, like those two feudal samurai, I was like, "Oh, yeah. Alex World." <laughs> Alex would not. Even, I would totally go to West World. I love westerns, yeah. and I was like, "Alex would totally go to Alex World." <laughs> It may be, yeah, just right away. I was like, "This is he's gonna love this. He's oh. gonna be upset that this show was not there the entire time." <laughs> no, I don't feel that way. Alex loves Japan. I do. Love loves Japan. Japanese culture yeah. and and I the language. Three times works for a Japanese firm. I do. Speaks a little Japanese. A little bit. Ohio. What Means about Ohio? Good morning. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Ohio. Ohio gozaimas. How do you? Good morning. Like Ohio, the state of Ohio. O H A Y O. O H A Y O. Yeah. Anyway, that's your Japanese lesson for today. I like it. Um, now I know. Yes. Samurai World, man. Yeah. Sushi I can't World, wait to see World. what else is out there, too. Yeah. This is where I started to, to get. I guess I shouldn't say I started to get excited because I'm excited whenever I'm watching <laughs> the show, but it was it was cool. A lot of people have been talking for a long time, especially people that have seen the film. Like, yeah. Are there other parks? Yeah. Whether or not this is a full functioning park or like a test, like, oh, we're, we're, we're thinking about expanding. Is it a proposed phase? Well, and even the the um, the paper that... It does say park one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which so I have in my suggest. notes also. Park one with an exclamation point. Uh, and it could also be... It doesn't seem like a lot of... I don't know. I was going to say it seems like maybe not a lot of people know about it, but that doesn't make any sense. I don't think so because it, it kind of strikes like Felix saying it's complicated. I think. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's a good point. I think he knows. I think he's aware of how big Delos is and what's going on. Like to me, it seems like there could be a lot of other parks that are functioning. But the kind of weird thing is, is like. Well, Ford. Why wouldn't Ford's hands be in those? Right. Maybe they are, and, and maybe not though. Maybe maybe other people manage those, and Westworld is his baby. Yeah, yeah, and that that could be the thing. Maybe Westworld is the one that gets all the updates first, and then it all rolls out elsewhere. It's his personal. Yeah, that's, that's his playground. That's. But the I mean, one he Felix about. Felix saying it's complicated is weird. Other than him just saying there are other parks, you know what I mean? Like it's complicated was a that was a very non-committal answer. I thought yeah. it was, I thought that was I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Well, I think and that I think the problem is there that they just didn't have the time. Well, they don't. They, they don't care. Nor did they want to talk yeah. about it. There it doesn't matter right now. It was if anything, it was an Easter egg. Yep. For now. Yeah. We didn't see really Roman world, although we kind of got a tease of that with the big orgy, <laughs> um, orgy palace. Somebody noted that Jonathan Nolan was asked, "Are we going to see medieval world or, or um, 
Roman world. And he said, uh, no, we're not going to see those. Because <laughs> we didn't. We saw Samurai World. Yeah. It was glorious. Um, Wouldn't it be called East World? That's what some people were saying. I don't know. I guess that there was an SW logo. There is an somewhere. SW logo. So it's got to be Shogun World or Samurai World. It could be either one of those. Sushi it could be world. something. Sushi World is something Something that Reddit came up with that I thought was really funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I think some of that is like the idea of referring to Asia as the East is kind of antiquated in a way. It's true. But I don't know. Referring to the Wild West as the West, though, is even still a little. Yeah. It is technically the West. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. But I guess the, you know, the Western is the name. Yeah, of like the, a Western genre, genre yeah. is, and it was made by a lot of. You know, very true. Other other people, spaghetti westerns. That's you know. Well, the western, you know, the west. The idea of the west is always that idea of, you know, the new frontier. Yeah. You know, finding a go west. Yep. That kind of thing. Totally. So the band go west with. Uh, I don't know. There's a band anyway, go west. Yeah, there's a joke in there somewhere. I was trying to make somebody it, write in with a joke. Remind us of the joke. Uh yeah, the other note that I had in here is that uh, the guards of Westworld seem to be stormtroopers because they cannot hit a damn thing. It's because Stubbs wasn't. There. Most of them don't get an opportunity to hit anything, but there is a point where they s- kind of get the jump on some people and they don't do any damage at all. Yeah, yeah, two or three of them light up Armistice, and it doesn't seem to. They do don't. Yeah, anything. she doesn't. They, she doesn't get hit because aggression is up to ten and pain. There's two guys that are trying to sneak up on her. I'm like, she's like four feet away, and you can't hit that. You would think they would have some pretty serious armament ready in the event that a host ever, unless everybody is that naive where they're like, it's never, it will literally yeah. never happen. Their spines will blow. But up. I feel like with SWAT teams like that, like if you have those guys prepared, why are they in anything that can actually be affected by guns? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I guess that's one other thing that I wanted to say. The The way the show handles guns. It is a little why big. why can these guns hurt humans? Why couldn't they just hurt hosts is one of those things. Uh guns are never reloaded ever in the show essentially. Future. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. If that's the case, then that's fine. But I don't know. It's They're weird. They're being 3D printed on the fly. <laughs> Every gun has a 3D printer in each chamber. Sure. Why that's not? cool. All right. Each I'm chamber's down. a 3D printer. <laughs> 3D printer world. <laughs> 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 oh man <laughs> we're gonna have so much fun just coming up with other worlds now alex world 3d printer beautiful world. um oh man yeah armistice's arm gets caught in a door so she becomes armistice wiener dog world cease of arms that'd be oh god that's also that's alex alex world. World. <laughs> <laughs> the pest is looping 24 <laughs> 7 there's wiener dogs roaming in the streets <sighs> and sushi sushi and, and samurai um yeah and Maeve gets to the elevator Hector's not coming with her he holds off the guards that's cool. that was a we we got we got into really like tropey action movie territory here but it was fun yeah it was that kind of like go and like yeah die well <laughs> it was like super dramatic and really <laughs> come on let's it was stupid but but it was, it was great <laughs> yeah it was fun it wasn't as much it wasn't as as good as the Yule Brenner rampage from yeah. uh, the film, yeah. which is interesting. I think that's literally the only thing that the film might do better than the show. Yeah, is that that shit is horrifying. 
This was like... I think we have a lot of room for that to happen next season. Yeah, though. that's true. That is true. Especially with whatever people are going to be surviving in there yeah. if they can't leave. If there's humans around still, then they're being hunted by hosts. And... and we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So then we get to see the scene where uh, Ford essentially reveals everything to Dolores. Uh, the maze is a test of empathy and uh, essentially Ford would not halt opening the park so uh, Arnold put the Wyatt narrative into Dolores had her kill everyone and then kill himself he commanded her to do it using the phrase these violent delights have violent ends Mm -hmm. which is interesting and cool you think Um, that was the command I think so okay I think so Cause that I and that and that that's the phrase that awakens Maeve, even earlier in the series. Mm. It's kind of like a. So I don't know if that I don't know necessarily if that's the command or like I don't know exactly how that would have worked, but it seemed like it does something to them. I think it's one of the phrases that Arnold programmed into them. So, like turn the other cheek makes them reveal their mechanical yeah. self, that kind of thing. The uh, the track that he plays is that Reverie. That is Reverie by WC. Okay. So thought so. Uh, yeah, because Arnold mentions that that was Charlie's favorite song. Mm-hmm. Um, but Arnold make made her pull the trigger, which means that she did not choose to do it, and she is not fully conscious. No, because I don't think she would have, even if she had the choice. Yeah, I think Arnold she viewed as a friend. Yeah, absolutely. We did, man. We said this a long time ago, though. We said that Arnold had himself killed. Yeah. To prove that the park could not be open, that the stakes the stakes were too high. Yep. Basically, isn't that kind of what, almost what he, exactly what he says I, that like yeah you have to show them that essentially Arnold wanted to he 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 realized that he needed to kill himself because the host could just be remade, mm-hmm. but losing him could do enough damage to prevent the park from being successful, at least. Right, which is you know? which is kind of messed up because he's not. At that point, so say that his plan worked and they scuttled the whole park, uh, he's kind of just killing the hosts. But I think he saw that as a thing of mercy because he realizes that if this park went on to exist in the way that the money people wanted it to, sure, these hosts would just be tortured. <clears throat> like they would be raped and killed and everything all of the time. They would never make it out. So, you know, that's ultimately what Ford realizes and comes around to and yeah i wonder how long ago that happened with ford when he decided that arnold's i think probably maybe around the time he created bernard that's kind of what i was thinking yeah because it, it seems like that would be the moment where he accepts that bernard or that arnold was correct and that he needs to rectify the situation you yeah. know i love Which, love his line about oppenheimer yes he says wasn't Oppen- wasn't it oppenheimer who said any man whose mistakes take 10 years to correct was quite a man Mine has taken 35. Fantastic. Awesome. That's what a way to paint the picture. Mm-hmm. That that line alone tells you so much about that character. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, so Ford gives Dolores the gun that she used to kill Arnold uh, in the sense that Bernard planted it out. And that's why we see her dig it out of the ground after hearing a message from the bicameral mind system uh, earlier in the series. Mm-hmm. And... Um, 
Yeah, I love, and I didn't really know any of this about that Michelangelo painting, God creating Adam, creating Adam the idea of the brain and yeah, God's cloak. He said it took 500 years for someone to figure that out. Yeah, and that's that's awesome. That's really beautiful. The idea that the divine comes from within and not a higher power is very, very interesting. That That might be the singular best piece of writing on the show. Yeah. Finding a way to tie that painting in and that essentially that's that's ford's whole mo at this point is is showing the hosts and really only two of them just dolores and bernard are the privileged few who get to talk with god so to speak yep and him tell them that there is the divine will will come from within you you guys are going to be essentially yeah your own gods um also and and i think one one thing that i did notice about um about we we talked about who's the Judas steer, and we were saying that it was Dolores. I think in some ways there's there's a conversation here about how Bernard or Arnold realized that suffering was the key, in the sense that maybe he was the Judas steer that allowed all of the hosts to become conscious in a way. Essentially, it was kind of that's kind of some meaning that I put to it. Doesn't necessarily mean that it was true or intended that way, but yeah, I think that the Judas steer for now it feels like Dolores, but I think it's going to be something that. It's it's almost going to be a role that one of them is going to have to grow into yeah. in season two. Yeah. Um. Anything else about that reveal? No, I think uh, uh, one of my favorite things about Ford is is his his penchant for nostalgia. Yeah. How he doesn't let things go because that's you. He holds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nick World would just be. <laughs> it's just nostalgia. Things forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it. <laughs> with lots of neon lights <laughs> and it would be it would be raining a lot <laughs> the blade runner score would just be pumping through speakers you just made me think of tron world and now i'm like okay alex world would have some of that too yeah, there would yeah. be elements of, of tron Our, be like, ours would be right next to each other they yeah would, they'd be adjacent they'd yeah. yeah mine wouldn't be tron though it's a very different kind of uh yeah, yeah, future true. futuristic aesthetic yeah it would, it would definitely have lots of the like blade runner street uh, where there's just like a bar where you pull yeah. up a stool and have some awesome food right on the street. It's oh, raining I all the time. That. I love street food. That, that's totally, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, but man, I totally got off track. I forgot what I was going to say. You like Ford because he's so nostalgic. Yeah, and and him hanging onto that gun is just terrific. Yeah. Like he, and clearly his office is decorated with lots of little stuff like that. I just love that about his character, how he's 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 that kind of guy. Yeah. Like the keeping the home, the childhood home and preserving it sort of thing preserving that memory absolutely it's very interesting mm-hmm. seeing what people hold on to and the fact that he has that office where he could sit there and stare at all the little bits and pieces of it for hours and wonder why he has it there or what it means to him yeah there's this hat on his desk that looks like c-3po's head <laughs> that i'm kind of like what is that it's like was that an old prototype what is it but yeah no ford is endlessly fascinating yeah he's great uh Maeve learns where her daughter is park one sector 15 zone three did you see the dick butt gift that somebody yes made? i did okay, i was expecting it as soon as yeah felix had a piece of paper in his <laughs> yeah. hands you almost expected it to be in the show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um especially knowing jonathan nolan is apparently a reddit troll <laughs> oh that's really good uh but the so she decides to still break out of the park at that point she goes and sit down on the train uh, she's got a great line about how she was never my daughter anymore than I was whoever they made me. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, I think we, she's still following her programming at this point as well. Yes, yes. Uh, Ford says goodbye to Bernard in the church. Um, 
Bernard still is under the impression that even after all of that re- revelation to Dolores, uh, Bernard still thinks that Arnold is the one trying to set them free somehow 30 years later, even though he's dead. But Ford kind of shows his hand and is like, I know how to get you out of here. Arnold did not, but I do. I figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. And so at this point, I guess this is a good point to interject with one of my questions from my questions list. So we can assume now it's Ford. Ford's been logging under all of Arnold's logging. I think so. To yeah. kind of hide himself. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. That's 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 the impression that I get, especially after seeing. I think the thing that ties it all together is Mave Mave's programming to break out and all of that stuff. Yes, definitely. Uh, which which seems to be a uh, distraction for the security team, essentially, to completely make sure that they're not present for the massacre in the park. Yeah, and the so the when Elsie discovers that someone has been using Arnold's that she's referring to the data that's been she when she's in that theater she's looking at the bicameral mind relay oh right 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 yeah and it says Arnold's been Arnold's been doing right. it and Arnold's been allowing hosts to lie and all that kind of yep. thing that's what she discovers there so uh we can talk more about Elsie next week I think probably just to sure keep this episode a little bit cleaner but one of the ties that needs to still be tied up um ford also saying goodbye to to bernard uh ford realizes that suffering was the key to awakening essentially the realizing that the world is not what you want it to be as part of consciousness which i thought was very that's an interesting concept and ford explains that he he knows how to do it and that keeping them there and causing them to suffer was what was going to allow them to break out and be free. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was pretty cool. Like they needed, he says they needed time to understand their enemy, become stronger than the, stronger than them and have time to suffer. The enemy being humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Ford's basically totally okay with the fact that all these decades of prolonged suffering built up in a mind over time is definitely going to make them all want to eradicate humanity. Yeah. And he's totally cool with that. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome because again, it's, he has repeatedly said this throughout the series that humanity is not some gift. Humanity is not a gift. It's not, you know, humans think that they're this great thing and they're not. And that he goes, he repeatedly kind of rails on humans. He even says in the pilot, he's like, humans have gotten to the end of the line. We figured out how to eradicate disease, all that kind of stuff. Essentially all there is left is to come back from the dead is what he says, which is maybe built into Westworld, you know? Get that transcendence uh, singularity going on. Put yourself into the mind of a host like Arnold, essentially, you know? A lot of theories running hard and fast that Ford, Ford's doing that. Yeah. Ford will be back. Yeah, so that's one thing here. The uh, the we get to see a, there's a little bit of a lingering handshake between Arnold and Ford that people are saying, oh, that means that Ford is an old host because he said that one time that you could tell by a handshake that they're an old host. Well, or, or that they were, yeah. Uh, I don't no, I think ascribe that, to that. I, I don't think so either. Ford to be dead. Uh. I don't know how I feel yet. I, I don't know if I want him to be dead yet because he's probably my favorite character, but I his the ending is it's Shakespeare. The way again. that it all comes together is so great that I feel like 
if we get to <clears throat> season two, episode one, and Forge shows up again at the end of the episode, like it just would feel really cheap to me. What's really funny is traditionally I would absolutely agree with that. I think that that would come as no surprise that I'd be angry. Yeah. Flat out angry about that. However. But, but Ford Ford likes to watch his stories play out, I think. Yeah. And I don't know if he would want to miss this one. You know what I mean? <laughs> like either either he he I mean there there's a lot of stuff to take into consideration regarding this decision to have Dolores to to give Dolores the choice to kill him. Yeah. Which he seemed confident that she would make the choice. Does he he's an old man, obviously. He's lived a life of horrors, pretty much. He seems to have acknowledged that he made a mistake thirty five years ago and he wants to fix it. He seems comfortable with dying, yeah. obviously. So I don't want to I don't want to rob the character of that dignity by seeing them return. Yeah. Plus, let's not even discredit the the poetic symmetry of Dolores executing her other creator basically and yeah. with the same gun in the same place yeah amazing yeah yeah i wonder i hope that that significance is not lost on dolores because that's insane i mean i'm not out of the realm of seeing ford and flashbacks as you kind of mentioned earlier that we could we could still see ford pop up in yeah. future seasons plus in, there there's just the nature of anthony hopkins which is i think to generally not linger with a project yes so i think that's also a big you know, a big tipping point of what, what we're looking at. Yeah. I think you should. I read a little bit of a script where they were talking about something that I talked about uh, with Kate Renee Gleason, how she received a script that had anything irrelevant to her blacked out. Mm. They did that to Anthony Hopkins too. That's great. Like everything that wasn't, that didn't pertain to him was blacked out. And because of that video that we watched from you, and he likes to know all of the dialogue mm. backwards and forward. He was like, I need to know these things and they didn't give it to him. <laughs> so he was probably a little frustrated. Yeah, a little bit. But um That's great. I, I I won't be I won't be angry if Ford returns, but it will have to be done very well. And that's it'll the thing. have to be it will have to be motivated. It, it yeah, absolutely. It, but that's kind of the thing is like this show I feel like we could say that about a lot of the things that came true of this show of like and I even said earlier, I was like I don't know that any of this is satisfying because of the work that they're doing to make it all unclear to me. It felt like they were cheating a bit. Hmm. Do you remember that conversation that we had? I said it was probably around episode four or five or six. And I feel like I've been completely disproven wrong. Like I don't feel cheated about it at all. I don't think they were hiding anything anymore. Oh oh, yeah. 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 It's like, and, and so I feel like if, if any show could pull off, forward coming back it's probably this making one making you believe in something you didn't think you would accept yep. yeah yep. no i i agree and so i'm i'm just gonna keep an open mind which yeah. is about everything plus i was i didn't expect it truthfully i expected him to die like on episode two and yeah. then i got so and used to having him around. around yeah and i was like oh he's great the show without him is strange but it is clearly going in a direction that doesn't need him it's going yeah it's going in a very different direction from this season so it's yeah yeah anyway um so then Dolores finally finds the center of the maze in a little conversation with uh Arnold and herself, essentially. Um and the center of the maze is having your own voice as your consciousness. And that's the whole point of the bicameral mind. Again, 
like they say that so early on that yeah. they wanted them to hear of a voice inside that would help them make decisions like yeah the, he yeah so ford explains earlier on that the bicameral mind system was to bootstrap consciousness and to make them hear eventually hear their own thoughts as like hear, hear thoughts that they were broadcasting to them as their own voice in their head and so it seems like ford figured out how to finally make that happen yeah essentially which is awesome it's like it was all there it was all there the puzzle pieces just wasn't it's like you said we didn't have the cover to the puzzle box we couldn't see the whole thing right. we couldn't see how to put it together yet so yeah it's amazing absolutely yeah i have in my notes from that point when she's like talking about which who who is it whose voice has she been hearing that sort of thing and yep. my only note is your own voice Durr. <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah uh, and that was cool. And I would like to go back and kind of look through that and see when we hear that by camera mind voice, who is it at certain times? Because mm-hmm. even in that scene, you hear mix, it. It's probably a mix of Jeffrey Wright's voice, Anthony Hopkins' voice. And Dolores' voice. voice. Yeah. yeah, it's probably a mix down of everybody. I think so. Because in this scene, the, the, that, very, that very question that Arnold poses to her starts in his voice, adds Ford's voice, and then changes to her voice mm-hmm. as she realizes that. So you know that they'd been doing that throughout the whole series. That's it's there. Uh, so awesome. And then the final scene of the show, uh, Ford giving his final speech. Uh, I did want to note there is a shot there that somebody noted on the Reddit of Ed Harris drinking the whiskey. It's very similar to Yul Brenner drinking whiskey in 1973 Westworld. Oh, that's funny. It's a nice little nod. Yeah. Um, the player piano is playing Radiohead what's the what's the name of the song it's is it exit, title? exit music for a film okay yeah, yeah exit music for a film uh which has lyrics that are very apropos of the show and and what's going on at this point in time um so i guess things to talk about real quick mave sees a child on the train decides to go after her child and not follow her programming anymore so that is the choice that she makes that makes us realize that she is conscious she has a conscious a consciousness um but she ends up getting stuck in the lobby because the whole place like shuts down essentially uh so what did you think about Maeve like kind of where we end up with Maeve there I think it's going to be interesting watching her try to fight her way back into the park because she She's kind of, uh, she's probably going to think, well, shit, if I just stayed on that train, <laughs> I'd be out of here. Yeah. Now I'm stuck in this park. Yeah. Uh, It's fine. I think it's a it's a good place for her to end up. I'm kind of interested in Maeve again. I think she got pretty one note in the last few episodes, just like, I'm getting out. I'm getting out. <laughs> I was kind of like, hey, we get it. You're getting out. That's fine. <laughs> and... Yeah, to see that all come to a head, I'm kind of I and part of me was wondering like when I didn't realize when I didn't accept that Ford was probably going to die, I was wondering if he was going to leave the park and Maeve was going to be outside and they were going to work on hmm. blowing the doors open from the outside as well, but that'd be interesting. Yeah. Clearly that didn't happen. <laughs> no. But uh <laughs> so on from Maeve, Sizemore opens up cold storage and it's completely empty creepy totally awesome like it, it made me think of all the times that we went down there and those very creepy shots of everybody standing there and then to see the place empty is a horrifying thought 
super. So that's that's awesome. Zombie land. Uh, Ford essentially gives a speech about how humans are unable to change, but he realized that somebody was paying attention and changing, and that would be the hosts essentially. Uh, I I have to go through and and look at just listen to his words and not pay attention to anything going on on screen because it's I know there's a lot there. So hopefully I can do that before next week's episode. Uh, and then the man in black essentially is smoking. Man in black, William is smoking out back. He hears some twigs cracking. We hear a wolf cry, mm-hmm. and the cold storage hosts come out of the the greens. Uh, Packing heat. Yeah. Yeah. And they shoot at him, and he is delighted that he gets shot in the arm. Absolutely. He is just the happiest we've seen him in the whole <laughs> it series. It's really funny. It's great. Somebody, of course, immediately stole the freeze frame of that. Yeah. Posted on Reddit. It was just, it's really amusing. It's wonderful. It's a it's a beautiful little moment from, from Ed Harris. Um, Dolores shows up and tells Teddy that the world doesn't belong to the humans, it belongs to us. Ford announces his retirement and he has the nice line about Mozart and Beethoven and Chopin never died. They became their music essentially, which is lending credence to people who are like, Ford's still alive. He's going to make himself a host. I don't know. I think, uh, I think that was more about how Arnold lived on in his work. Yeah. Ford will yeah. do the same. Beethoven had, did not upload himself into music. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> But would he have if he could have? I don't know. <laughs> and then um, Dolores kills Ford. And all the cold storage hosts start shooting. This massacre. I mean, what do you think happens? I feel like most of the people got to die. I you know? think, well, so what do we see? We see Dolores. Dolores is the only one actively shooting. Dolores is the only one actively shooting in but, the crowd. But there, there is a there is a tree line of hosts tree line of hosts that are shooting at ed harris yes uh he does get shot in the arm but um i think i think that the board i i don't i don't think i definitely don't think they're all dead basically do we want to talk about season two what we think i mean we can a little bit if you have some ideas we can also talk about that next week if more comes to us as well yeah i guess just while we're here uh, I think it it feels like. So are we to are we to believe now that Westworld is on, it's on an island? It seems like it's on Earth and it's in some sort of neutral island because they're talking about mainland. There's that mainland reference. Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing is like the mainland makes it seem like they are somewhere not. Which would which would make sense for like a business venture to be somewhere away where you can't be restricted by any sort of law. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Somewhere independent. Yeah, if it's on sea, then it's like international. Yeah, yeah, international waters kind of thing. It seems like it's on Earth, probably. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably not on the moon. Yeah, I don't think so. Or Mars. It's probably on Earth. Uh, so that said, it feels like season two is going to be the park is locked down. Probably nobody can get in or get out. At least right off the bat. I'm sure that efforts will be made to get people into the park. Yeah. Uh, It feels like it's going to be setting up hosts either trying to come into their own and uh, Dolores probably trying to lead them into an era, a new era to become the dominant species on the planet. Yeah. Uh, They can probably start creating more of themselves if they wish. 
uh, it feels like the humans that are still there are going to be trying to band together to stay alive. Yeah. And there may be a faction of hosts that are sympathetic to humans. I would imagine that that seems pretty logical to me. Uh, again, we're getting into real heavy Fallout 4 territory here. Yeah. It feels a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Some of the hosts will probably be friendly. Some of them will. Yeah, they'll be like, well, they're just like us. Why are, Why would we... And some will probably have like a religious fanaticism to them. Like they created us. They made us. We need to not... Who knows what else they can do to help us, yep. you know, further ourselves. We shouldn't kill them. It's going to be... Watching the politics of the hosts unfold is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, it does feel... I did get some real heavy Planet of the Apes vibes at yeah. the end. Feels like a lot of humans are going to wind up in cages. Yep. Getting raped and murdered. Uh, so that's interesting. I think the man. Rebus, Black- Rebus was very happy with the situation. Yeah, I saw another. <laughs> did you see the topic I read? Somebody said, when you know you're about to get up to some Trevor shit. And it was just like that look <laughs> on his face. Yeah. That's pretty good. I didn't see that one. That yeah, was funny. I think the man in black is alive. Everybody yeah. seems to think he's Swiss cheese and he's dead laying there. I think he's. This is what he wanted. To have him die now would be would suck yeah that's like that's like our friend getting to mario star number 123 and then and then his cartridge failing on yeah. him and him not getting that last star are there 124 or 120 i think 120. Said. okay well you know what i'm saying yeah that would that would rob the man in black of so much potential plus he's been spending the last 30 years getting to know he knows that park better than the hosts yeah he's he's the guy mm-hmm this Although, is what, to, just to note here, he may not have. Somebody said he doesn't have any arms anymore because <laughs> he had his arm broken by Dolores, and then he had the other one shot. I don't know if he had his. Yeah, he may have had his arm broken. It looked like his shoulder was dislocated because he's walking around and he's holding shit later. But the, he's he's holding his arm very still. It doesn't look to me like he like basically he's missing a sling. But it seems to me like his arm got broken because Dolores even like does the. I don't know. It looked like but, an upward, like like a dislocate. It looked yeah, to maybe. me like a dislocation. I mean, maybe. I'm no expert. It's probably so. still sore. The man's like yeah, 63. Yeah, for sure. And then he got clipped in the other arm. Yeah. Hell no. He's going to bandage that shit up. <laughs> he, as soon as the camera cuts. He spits the whiskey into the oh, arm for and then sure. runs off. He's smiling and the camera cuts. What we don't see is that he dodges the next shot. Yep. Just shoulder rolls behind something and is just in. He's in it. <laughs> Pulls three guns out from under oh, his suit. Oh, he's so in. No, he's not. He's going to savor it. He's going to draw it. He's not oh, fighting yeah. back right away. He's fleeing into the woods. He's setting up. He's cauterizing that shit. And then he's he's like, Calculating. oh, it's on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to love it. He's he's the black he's the black panther up there in the trees now. <laughs> the man in black is going to become this symbol of fear among hosts again. Oh, that's great. He's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, man. Ed Harris is, is the Dark Knight Returns. Beautiful. No, I think I think the man in black to to have the man in black be dead would would be dumb. I think it would be a it would be a crucial misstep. Yeah. In in exploring some more of what he can do. And also I don't want to say he needs to be rewarded per se because he's kind of a bad guy. I think it's kind of I I don't yeah, I don't know that he's going to get rewarded. I think that he might get well, I th- I think him he might get his comeuppance essentially. Yeah, him being able to live in this world is his reward. This is all he wants. Yeah. So but it, it could be a be careful what you wish, wish for situation, of course. Yeah, and I, I guess it's tough because it, it's hard to call the man in black a bad man because, well, maybe it's easy to call him that, but I don't think it's necessarily accurate because to him, the hosts are just puppets. Well, they're, it's what we said all along about Logan. Logan's the guy playing Grand Theft Auto exactly havoc and that's what that's what william is doing exactly and and william once believed in the hosts 
gaining like consciousness and then he fell out of that belief and now he's been reawoken to it. Yeah. So we may have a very different William on our hands in season two, someone who understands the host is a little bit more of uh, peers and yeah. less just objects. So I don't know. But I think that to get rid of the man in black would, would be a mistake. Yeah. And, and to not just show it definitively at the finale would, I, I guess we could be led to believe, but I think shit, it's nighttime. He can, he can run the hosts. Don't, I don't think they have like predator vision. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know enough about the hosts, how the hosts work, but I would wager that based on their kind of peaks and valleys of programming, they're not all crack shots with guns. Like yeah. One I of think them, a lot of them have a lot to learn. Exactly. Yeah. One of them, that one was probably aiming for his heart and just clipped his arm. And who's to say, I mean, a lot of them still could be afflicted by their programming. They could still oh, be a lot of them might and, and, and Dolores and company might find that they're struggling with this in season two, that a lot of them are not going to solve the maze. They're going to work outwards and they're going to go insane yep. and they're going to need to be put down yep. or rolled back and then try again with Bernard's help. Probably. Yeah. Uh, I think a Bernard Dolores partnership is going to be really interesting. I think it was really interesting how Teddy was kind yes. of horrified at what was yes. going on. Yes. This is not, not the Dolores that Teddy knows. Which is interesting because that's how he is when she kills Arnold as oh, yeah. well. Like yeah. he's very much oh, Teddy. unsure of it. Which you, you is the real MVP. Oh yeah. No, it's yeah. true. And he might, he might dissent. Yeah. Which is cool. I think watching watching the show become pretty much hosts uh, is going to be just really tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. It's an entirely different. And like, that's what people have been saying. I think Evan Rachel Wood was kind of quoted as saying that season one is a great setup for what the real show is going to be. And the idea that this is kind of a very different like yeah. it, I the and it's it's in Jason's Jason without spoiling anything for Preacher. It's within Jason's comparison between the preacher season one and this season and that i don't think so i think it's going to be a very different show i agree with that i don't think you can dismiss season one as a primer no, i don't i i don't i don't think i i think dismissal is the wrong word for it but the i think the taking it as a as a lot of groundwork to then eventually get you to what you want to talk about i think i think that's fair you know like season one's got it introduce the world and set it up and have you all buy into it and and it's made us sympathetic to hosts in a lot of ways that i think would be a challenge in 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 any other tv show i agree with the i agree with that assessment of preacher i think season one of preacher is definitely a setup to the main story i don't think that's the case with this show the show is not this season was not just a setup a complete story was told in this whole season and it it is establishing the world, but I feel that we got the the season. The show could end here, and I wouldn't be upset. I Whereas totally with agree Preacher, with that. if it got canceled of season one, I'd be upset because it clearly ends on this note of here we go. This whole season was our inciting incident. Let's hit the road with you know where we want to go from here. And this show, I I think I think that an entire show was already told. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but but I wouldn't necessarily say that the implication that this is going to set us up for something different means that it wasn't a story worth telling, you know. I think I think this very Yeah, I don't I just don't feel I don't like that 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 phrase that this is setting us up for anything. I don't think this is a setup. I think this was this is part of the story. It's the first it's the first part of a story, but it doesn't feel like setup just feels like a 
the cheap word for okay. it. Okay. That's fair. And I think the show is just going into... This is the direction that the show is going in, but it doesn't feel like it's like... Well, and Jonathan Nolan kind of explains it. He's like, if season one is all about control, we want season two to be about chaos. Right. Is, is the phrasing that he used. Yeah, it's like Batman that. Begins, The Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises. Like, Batman Begins is not set up for The Dark Knight. It's a complete story, and The Dark Knight just is a... Prog- it's an evolution, a progression of where Batman Begins was That's going. That's fair. That's very fair. I think season two is going to be... I don't know if I'm going to like it better right off the bat because season one was, I love all this, all the it was introduction all to the world. Yeah. yeah. And season two is going to be, it's going to be like Planet of the Apes. It feels like it really, <laughs> like this was Rise of the Planet of the Apes and that's Dawn or whichever. Is it the other way around? Rise was the first. Okay. Dawn was the second. <laughs> Still, after all these years, <laughs> confused. Can't wait for the beginning of the Planet of the Apes. It can't be as cut and dry as Pain and Gain, but that's fine. <laughs> it doesn't need to, we have Pain and Gain. Yes. That, that need... That appetite has been fulfilled. Uh, any other thoughts on that last scene there? I know I have more. I really want to watch it again. I actually wanted to watch the last 10 or so minutes one more time because yeah. a lot of the best four dialogue we've had was in those last few scenes. Yep. And his the Whenever characters in movies know they're going to die, that moment always fascinates me. Like I love watching characters deal with their imminent and near immediate death that for some reason is something that always fascinates when characters make last stands and they know they're going to die. Like, uh, I still sometimes get shaky during the, the third act of saving private Ryan Hmm. when they're all taking cover in the town. I've never seen saving. You've never seen. Oh my God. What the (laughs) shit? (sighs) We, we have another idea for a podcast that's going to have to happen now. So maybe in between this and preacher, we can, we can churn out a few episodes. Yep. Okay. Oh my God! Well, basically, <laughs> at, at, at the end of towards the end of Saving Private Ryan, there's there's like a big last stand, mm-hmm. sort of, and it is so anxiety inducing for me because you have such a big cast of characters, and they all are like, we are gonna die. Like there, there is it is certain death, mm-hmm. and that moment in movies always fascinates me, especially when characters react to it. Uh, when they meet it with like courage, sort of, and they charge into it. You're making me think of Fury, anyway totally yeah 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 exactly and and even if they're proven wrong and they live it's it's that moment so like they're a character and it's kind of like you know like in sunshine there's there's moments throughout the movie where characters are faced with death and it doesn't quite hit me the same way because either they're scared which is understandable (laughs) obviously that's the normal reaction yeah but when characters choose to look in look it in the eye is is always really really make the best of their moments sure yeah and it's like roy it's kind of like chief chief brody and jaws you know the kind of that's that's more that's a more cut and dry action movie. Yeah. So you know he's going to make it out, but you're still on the edge of your seat. But Ford Ford knowing that he is he has spent years setting this in motion and he knows. He's like I have a window of 2 minutes yeah. to say what I want to say and just go out with a bang. And he does it so well. Yeah. It's so so eloquent and perfect and like it speaks to his meticulous nature. Yeah, and it's just very relaxed and poised and just it's just got this air to it that I'm having a hard time describing it. Yeah. No. I totally agree. I just think that 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 was tremendous to me. Going back and watching that scene, I'm just going to be repeatedly in awe of how that was written. Yeah. And performed because that's that's phenomenal. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I was like, shit, he knows. She's going to walk up <laughs> behind him and just blow his brains out. And this is what he's choosing to do. Yep. Just 
leave the world with. I mean, what a showman! <laughs> <laughs> I really liked so the way the way they show the way they show him getting killed is, was kind of funny to me because so he gets shot in the back of the head and yeah. the angle is from behind him. Yep. And he gets shot through the martini glass. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I thought of was like the the Memorex uh, glass shattering. You know, on like the um, burnable CDs, like yeah. CD minus R's and stuff. There's that, I think it's Memorex is the brand where the glass shattering is their, that's like their logo. Okay. And I, and it's, it's them. I think it, I could be crossing, cross pollinating two brands, but I don't think so. I think it's Memorex who has the glass shattering and their logo is like, is it, is it live or is it Memorex? Like, hmm. you know, is it, yeah. is this a live recording or was this burned? Yeah. Because the quality is supposed to be that good. And the glass shattering is kind of like that idea that the sound is, is so precise that it could shatter glass. Yeah. And I think that was funny because watching his glass shatter, I was like, it's almost like the host. Is it live or is it Memorex? <laughs> like, it just kind of made me, for some reason, immediate, mid, in the middle of the episode when that happened, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Well, that's pretty cool too, especially in terms of like the idea that the right resonant frequency would destroy a glass anyway. The idea that everything is in harmony and working perfectly and mm-hmm. going exactly as planned and then the glass shatters like that's yep okay so yeah that was it is it live or is it memorex and then the glass it was like the you know just a big wine glass shattering. interesting was kind of I, i've never seen that so that's cool though that's Are awesome you, you're not that much younger than me where you would have not really burned a shitload of cd no i mean i did but i don't know i don't yeah, know i mean these are really maybe, maybe i wasn't a memorex these are really old Ads yeah, that's too. like that's a that's a these are like from the eighties. An eight track. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well, and and that's that's probably all it is. Is it's just another brand. Yeah, they, I think they made cassette tapes originally yeah. as well. But the uh, yeah, that was kind of the idea. And so that gla- <laughs> that glass shattering, it's such a cheap reference. I like to think that Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan are more better educated and like <laughs> they do better research to be like, look at this blank CD. Let's do that. But that's that's my. Uh, that's my my southeast Michigan uh, upbringing there for you. Right. A lot of we had a lot of burned. Uh, he was in Chicago, so burned CDs. Yeah. Uh, there was. Did you see the after credits sequence? I did. Yeah. So Armistice cuts her arms off, cuts her arm off. Yeah. And goes after. I'm assuming she still gets put down. Yeah, probably. I think the implication is that they kind of will one, put her down, well, but she's taken down. She's one taken dude was freaked out enough to run away, but. I yeah, I think that the idea was kind of she comes at him with a knife, and I kind of just got the vibe that she does die. It was just kind of a fun yeah. teaser. Yeah, that she she's gonna go down swinging. Yeah, no, I, sh- I guess I shouldn't say fun because it was pretty terrifying. Yeah, but yeah, Hector, the blood all over her face. Hector's was, moment was pretty cool. Hearing all the bullets pinging against the elevator door, I was like, oh, that's pretty sweet. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing, uh, I forgot to mention this, but in the scene where Maeve's body gets recreated, one of the things that led me to realize that is that they're putting the, we see Armistice without her tattoo on, and they have to put the tattoo on her. Oh. They talk about how Hector didn't, he didn't have time to give Hector his scar His yet. scar, yep. Yeah, so the idea that they have to add those elements on whenever these bodies get damaged it's beyond like on repair. It's on their rap sheet, they have yeah. to yeah, hit the checklist. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. It makes you wonder if the tattoo or the scar are a little bit different from time to time, depending yeah. on who's reassembling them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a fun idea. Uh, yeah, so I don't know that there's too much more to talk about. I think that about wraps up this episode. But they, I, obviously there's a lot to talk about, I, and I do want to delve into more general thoughts and other ideas that come up over the next couple of days sometime next week. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh, I'll have to see how much of it I can rewatch between now and the next yeah. episode. 
Yeah, I'm. Go- I'll probably go back and hunt through a few burning questions and, and things yeah. that I have that I have in my mind at the moment to see if I can notice anything else. But all in all, phenomenal season. Fantastic of experience. Yeah, yeah. I know this. This hit both of our radars early on, yep. and we were like, we're gonna have to. We really have to watch that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been you really have to play Fallout 4 to some more completion <laughs> though. Seriously, okay. because the 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 plot in in the story in that game There's a PS4 Pro update coming for it shortly, so I will oh, cool. I will check that out when when it hits. I yeah, do want, I do want to get back to it. Oh man. So, yeah, you'll you'll be cracking up for sure. Yeah. Uh thank you to everybody that is listening to us. Uh this is the most successful show that we've ever had on our podcast network. And uh, and it's because of you guys that are listening. And uh, we, I am personally very happy that you find our opinions and ideas worth listening to. Yeah, um, same here. This is one of my. This has been potentially my favorite show we've done, just because the the material is so dense. Yep. it's really fun to just absolutely sink your teeth into and and. Uh, but, and we felt that way about Preacher too. But I feel like even this kind of yeah, Preacher Preacher is a very different bit. animal. Yeah. And Preacher also has it has comic book roots yep. as well, and uh, that show I think has a fun. There's a fun hook in that Alex has never read it, and I've read it a couple times. Yeah. So we have very different viewpoints, and it's yep. it's fun. It's fun for me to kind of be the. You get to watch. You get to be the smoke book reader. You get to see my yeah. wheels spinning. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's really fun. Yeah. Uh, it's and it's uh, hopefully it shows through in the material. I think so. Our show. I think so. So yeah. The 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 co creator and artist. Uh, Steve Dillon passed away probably about a month and a half or so ago. Yeah, and his, it I didn't strike me until my probably second read through of the series just how much amazing visual, uh, how many amazing visual moments there are in that book. There are some really just breathtaking moments, and um, I'm hoping a lot of those are going to start to come out in the show as well. Yeah. Not not that the show has been ugly by any means, but no. there's a few. Just and and a lot of them were getting posted in memoriam of him after he died, and I, it kind of reminded me again of what a fantastic story that is as well. Yeah. So I'm I'm very excited for that to return. Absolutely. Uh, so if this is your last stop with us for now, I hope you do come back next week. But it, even if you don't, thank you for listening. Uh, we've we've been very happy to have you along for the ride, and please go check out our other shows at the Midwest Podcast Network. Go to midwestpodcastnetwork.com to look into those. Uh, we've got stuff about video games, horror movies. And uh, other TV shows. There's a big backlog of Midwest film nerd stuff to, for you to listen to if you want to yeah. go and with and, lots of genuine laughter. Yes, and uh, great camaraderie, informal show structure. Yes, games yes. much giveaways. less structured than this. And it'll prove too that if you write in, we will talk about it, and we will get to know you, and we will have you on our show. Yes, we will. This is the first time that I've ever had so much stuff, so much feedback to talk about that i like it's absolutely stuff that we're going to talk about next week so if you didn't hear me talk about it here we will talk about it next week for sure yeah and don't be like me because i i listen to more podcasts now than i used to yeah and i continually something will pick will will stand out my mind and i'll be like i should write into them about that or i have an opinion that sort of thing but i am you know jaded enough or whatever to think yeah. that oh they won't get to it yep. so it's like when you tweet to somebody famous or whatever and they don't respond or, or no you don't get any traction off of it and you're just kind of like i just wanted to know yeah that we won't do that we will 
gladly if talk even about. if we don't if for some reason your thing you think your thing slipped through the cracks know that at least my eyes and probably Nick's eyes have seen it too because basically whenever i get something if i even if i don't read it on the air i usually send it a send a picture of it to nick or something yeah like yeah that, my so. my phone usually today was was pretty active <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> while i was at work i was seeing a lot of images and stuff come through yep of what people are saying and, and that's that's super rewarding and that makes us want to keep keep going totally Knowing people are listening to us is it's a big Yeah, and you guys and, and everyone always has great observations and great questions. Totally. It's fun to just keep the discussion going because we're we're doing this because we like talking about it. Like yep. this is our this is our built in excuse to sit down and, and be like, Holy shit, Westworld, right? Because yep. we're no longer we're not twenty two years old anymore. We don't have as much time as we used to have. And so this We is, can't hang out on Saturday and just muse about right. we have to, like, what the sh- new Dark Knight movie is gonna be. Yeah, about. we have to go run errands and, and go to go to yep. the go to the Home Depot and Bed Bath and Beyond. Rake the leaves we'll and put up time. the Christmas decorations and all that kind exactly. of stuff. So, anyway, uh, so join us. Come hang out with us. And, yes, and write in. yes, we love having you here. Uh, you can find more episodes of our podcast on Westworld FM. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play Music. We're Westworld FM on Twitter, and you can email us westworldfm at gmail to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld so we can read them on our show. Send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. That's it for our recap episodes this season. We are very excited to figure out what next season holds. But before that, we are going to do a brief uh, uh, feedback uh, show and just kind of a season wrap up. So return for that next week. But until then, may you rest and have a deep and dreamless slumber.